Hey, what's up? Hello. We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael. I'm your host. And first things first, I want to shout out everybody that came down to DNVR this weekend for the the, uh, DNVR Bar Grand Reopening. It was an absolute blast. Shout out to Trey McBride and the entire McBride family for coming through. It was a blast to get to see them. And I don't know, this whole NIL thing is just really cool. It's going to open up some new opportunities and I think it's going to lead lead to some pretty neat experiences for both student athletes, the fans, everybody involved. It was just it was a great time, man. It's it's nice to see things opening up a little bit. Obviously, you know, we opened the DNVR bar at basically the worst time in modern history to open a sports bar. I mean, our first grand opening was supposed to be the day that indoor dining got shut down in Denver and then the NBA shut down. So it was just awful timing. I mean, really, really bad luck, but we pushed through and I think we've come out on the other side stronger. And I think as we kind of get into fall and we get football season and, you know, basketball season, hockey, all that intermingling, it's just going to be such a great spot. It's going to be such a fun place for local sports fans to hang out, for communities to come together. And that was kind of always our vision, you know, to have a, a physical place where, you know, DNVR members could associate, where they could, you know, fraternize, have beers together, all that fun stuff. So it's just cool to see this finally happening after, you know, two years. It's been a it's been a long haul, but really, really excited for the future. And I'm excited for today's podcast. It's going to go over some just basic news, things that have happened in the last couple of days, and then going to uh, play an interview with Trey McBride from Mountain West Media Days. If you're a DMVR member, you know that we've written a couple of article articles already, you know, with some of this stuff. So not all of it will be new, but it's an opportunity for, you know, you guys to kind of hear him and just kind of hear our back and forth. It was a lot of fun catching up with him and Daquan Jackson out at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Vegas. Before we dive into all of this, though, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market in Colorado, it's crazy. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process and alleviate some of the stress for you. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Mike and Virginia are proud DNVR members. They're CSU alumni. They're going to work nights. They're going to work weekends. They're going to do whatever it takes to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. Right now, they actually have a really fun perk for DNVR listeners. You can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you want to talk to somebody directly, give Mike a call at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. 2472, or you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, all right, all right. Let's jump right on into things here. You know, fall camp is in the air. It's coming up. The 5th is going to be the first practice. Really looking forward to all of that. I'm actually going to be in Vail this upcoming week it's my one little vacation you know before the chaos of football season 
We've got media day coming up not too long, so I'm really looking forward to, you know, just getting an opportunity to talk with these players in person, to talk to a lot of the guys on the staff. I mean, it was so weird last year with it being a first-year staff and, and just not getting to know them because we really didn't have the opportunity. I mean, there was a couple of spring ball practices, and then, you know, after that it was all Zoom, and it was mostly just Adazio. You know, we didn't really get to talk to the coordinators, the position coaches, and, you know, hopefully that'll that'll change a little bit as life gets normal here. And obviously, I mean, it's, it's going to lead to, you know, better stories and, and better content, I think, for CSU fans, so that's obviously exciting, but it just makes uh makes us a little bit more informed as well i mean you can only pick up so much when you're just getting bits and pieces texted to you and and stuff like that it it was just everything about last year was weird it was weird for the players it was weird for the fans and it was weird for the media so it's it's nice to get a little bit just back into the groove of things again anyways let's let's start talking about some of the news and, and some of the things that have happened and Agland lately. Uh, first things first, CSU men's basketball officially announces the game with Mississippi State. If you listen to the pod, we've known about this one for a couple weeks. Rocco Miller actually uh, broke that news the same day that I broke the Alabama game news. So a couple of SEC teams going to be on the slate for CSU this year. And this should be a fun opportunity. It's going to be a neutral site game, you know, on December 11th in North Texas. It's in uh, Fort Worth. The College Basketball Hall of Fame is putting it on. It's called the Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Uh, We are excited for the opportunity to play a tough and well-coached team like Mississippi State and be part of this great event hosted by the Basketball Hall of Fame. That is, of course, Nico Medved via the press release. Both of these teams made deep NIT runs. Mississippi State actually made the final. They lost to Memphis after Memphis eliminated CSU. And I think it's just a great opportunity for some exposure for the Rams. You get to play a, a high-quality opponent. You don't have to go into their environment. I mean, it would, it would have been really fun to get another SEC team in Fort Collins like Arkansas a couple of years back, especially now that this Rams team is much more competitive and could you know, pull off the win. But a neutral site game, it's going to be great for the metrics. And like I said, it's just a great opportunity for the Rams to, to pick up a win play another team you know on an ESPN network I assume it's an ESPN network I guess I, sh- I shouldn't put that out there as fact but anyways it, it's going to be a great basketball season I I really can't wait honestly I mean I've said that before I'm, I'm stoked for football season it should be an absolute blast I'm excited to see all these guys back in action I'm excited to see fans in the stands but I mean my expectations for this hoops team are just so high and part of that you know comes down to the talent but it also just comes down to the the type of guys that are on this team. They're all so driven. I mean, I know that's corny to say, but this legitimately is like the hardest working CSU basketball team that I've been around. Really, really high character players. And a, a great example of that is actually uh, Adam Thistlewood, who was recently honored by the NABC for his academic success. I mean, if, if you ever talk to Adam, you'll know he's just such a down-to-earth dude really really kind really polite i mean i don't think there's ever been an instance where i've spoken with him where he just wasn't super gracious you know really lively a a great participant you know even after some really tough losses you know like getting eliminated in the mountain west tournament in particular you know the upset loss to wyoming in 2020 that was a tough one but 
you know, he's, he's always just down for it. You know, he's always great, great to have a conversation with. And he's really easy to root for. Team first guy that does the dirty work. I mean, I spoke repeatedly about his improvement on the defensive end last year. I mean, he was a guy that was being tasked with frequently guarding the opposing team's best wing. And that's a really tough responsibility, especially, you know, when you're expected to be a high volume jump shooter as well. It just takes so much out of you on that defensive end but you know I think with some of the guys that they've brought in this you know past offseason you know some of the freshmen and and Chandler Jacobs and even you know Isaiah Rivera and some of these guys I think they're going to play a little bit of an expanded role and hopefully you know that can take a couple of minutes off at Thistlewood's timeout on the floor and and it's not even because I I think he's bad and want him to play less I just think if they don't have to rely on him quite so much we're going to see a fresher Thistlewood he's going to shoot better it's going to help him defensively where he's already made great improvements. So I'm just, I'm really excited for the season. And, you know, I, I guess I should get back on track here in terms of what he was honored for went off on a little side tangent, uh, but the national association of basketball coaches annually honors teams and players for their academic excellence. CSU men's basketball as a team actually had a cumulative GPA of 3.169 they earned recognition from NABC for the first time in program history. Um, Thistlewood, though, he's the fifth Ram to earn individual recognition. He himself has a 3.62 GPA as a business administration major. He averaged 9.3 points, 3.6 rebounds per game last year. First Ram to make the list since Josh Morgan back in 2013. Dorian Green made it in 2012 and 2013. Michael Lebsack made it in 2009, 2010 and uh, 2008-2009, and Aaron Dunn also was recognized in 2008-2009. So rare company, you know, rare distinction for Adam Thistlewood, a guy that's very, very bright. He's, you know, has a good future coming for him, regardless of what his hoops career ends up doing. And like I said, he's just easy to root for. All right, let's, let's move on, keep the news train rolling not going to lie, guys, I feel like I'm on the struggle bus here, getting a little tongue-tied. The, the words aren't coming as easy as they tend to most days for me. Uh, track and field has landed a touted transfer, Michaela Hawkins, from North Dakota State. She is a record setter in the discus. Uh, she set a record throw of 185 feet, 7 inches, or 56.56 meters. That, bro- that broke the previous mark by 4 feet. It, she finished the season ranked 21st in the NCAA which was one spot ahead of CSU's Maria Muzio. And that toss occurred at the Rock Chalk Classic, where she finished third place in a a really, really talented field. Um, A really, really great addition to the program. Here's a quote from Brian Bedard from the press release. Michaela can come in and help the team immediately. We had a big graduating class this past spring on our women's throw squad, so we really needed to sign a student athlete that has the ability to win conference titles and qualify for the NCAA championships. I fully believe that Michaela has the talent to reach those goals. Competing at the NCAA level is something that Hawkins has done in the past. She finished 21st in the NCAA West prelims to cap off her first outdoor season. Her first collegiate year was in Fargo in 2019-2020, only had three unattached meets. Obviously, you know, that season, the outdoor season, greatly impacted by COVID. Although discus is her specialty, she also competes in the shot where she has a personal record of 48 feet, 8 inches in the outdoor and 47 feet, 7 inches in the indoor. Both of those distances would reside in the top 20 of the CSU Rams 
a record book of all time. So it's clear that she is a dominant, dominant athlete. She'll bring some experience to the group, which currently cl- includes McDonald, Stewart, uh, Siege, and Weirich. And that's not including the accounting freshmen, but you know, CSU track and field, they have really, really high expectations. Obviously one of the more desirable programs. This is a great addition for the Rams. You know, it's much like, you know, the football team being able to add a transfer from, I'd say, you know, like equal level competition with somebody that's produced at a high level, maybe like Jordan Kress, for instance, from New Mexico, the wide receiver. He's not a record holder. So I I don't mean any disrespect to Michaela Hawkins with this comparison, but it's a guy who's proven that he can compete at a high level and do it, you know, against competition, D1 competition, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little off with this comparison, but a, a great addition for the CSU track program. Excited to see what she can do. All right. The, uh, the last bit of news I'm going to dive into before we get to that interview with Trey McBride is it's preseason watch list season. And CSU has quite a few guys on that uh, Ryan Stonehouse on the preseason watch list for the Ray Guy Award. No surprise there. I mean, Stoney, he's been the definition of consistency in his career. Three-time first-team All-Mountain West selection. NCAA's all-time leader in punting average at 46.8 yards per attempt. In a small sample size last year, he had an average of 45.3 yards per punt. That was on 26 attempts. Nine of those 26 were 50 yards or better. Eight of them were placed inside the 20-yard line. Enters his final collegiate season with a half-yard per attempt lead for the all-time record, which is currently held by West Virginia's Todd Sauerbrunn, obviously a longtime NFL punter. His career average was 46.31 yards per attempt during his uh, career at West Virginia from 1991 through 1994. Looking forward to Stonehouse, you know, capping off his career the right way. He's a guy that's, again, you know, I talked to Adam Thistlewood. I think Ryan Stonehouse is a really, really good dude. Got a good head on his shoulders. He has a good personality. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. He's the punter, and he's about as charismatic as, as just about anybody on that roster. And I don't know if it's just like something in there. Obviously, CSU's really had great punters over the last 15 years or so, but he's probably the best of them all. I mean, being the NCAA's career-leading average, I don't know, Stone or um, Hayden Hunt, was such a weapon. I mean, that dude I still think was probably the most accurate punter I've ever seen, but Stonehouse just booms him, man. He just drops moonshots on a consistent basis. Like, got to call him Shohei Otani with the way that he, the way he hits skyscrapers. <laughs> Additionally, Scott Patchen named to the Bednarik Award watch list, talked about that the other day, and Trey McBride named to the Mackey Award watch list, which is given to the nation's top tight end, Again, you know, Trey McBride selected second team preseason All-Mountain West. Cole Turner of Nevada selected first team. I get the reasoning just because, you know, Cole Turner is playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the country, in my opinion. I mean, I love Carson Strong, and I love him even more after getting to spend 15 minutes with him in Las Vegas. Dude was a tremendous interview. Really, really humble, down to earth, didn't dance around anything. Gave me his honest opinion you know, on the Texas-Oklahoma situation. Everybody else was kind of just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's interesting what we'll see. He had the balls to be like, what? What is Texas thinking? Like, they're not even going to make a bowl game in the SEC. I thought that was hilarious. 
Anyways, I get why people are high on Cole Turner. He's playing in a passing offense that's going to get him a ton of targets. You know, he should put up big yards, probably big touchdowns, playing with such a great quarterback. And that offense is just loaded. I mean, Romeo Dubs on the outside, I get it. You wouldn't take him over Trey McBride. There's not a coach in the country that would take him over Trey McBride. I promise you that. Trey McBride is just too complete of a player. He does everything for you. He blocks. He catches. He's a leader. I mean, Trey McBride is the heart and soul of this football team. And I, I was just, I was glad to see him on that Mackey Award watch list. And so was Cole Turner. But I'm just, I'm happy to see McBride getting that national recognition. And again, you know, I can't necessarily blame the media members that voted for Turner first team if you're basing it purely on the production that he's going to have, because he's going to put up massive numbers. But I just think there has to be more that goes into it. And when you watch Trey out there and you watch him pancake a linebacker on one snap, then move the chains with a catch, you know, on the next one, then seal the edge on a, you know, blitz after that. It's just like, how would you not take this guy? How are you? How are you saying he's really not the best tight end in the Mountain West? I don't get it. I just don't get it. You got to watch the games. You got to watch the actual games and not rely solely on the numbers. Numbers can tell you things that the eyes miss. Numbers can be very important. You know, I'm not an anti-stats guy. I'm not, I'm not trying to go down that road. I'm just saying there's more that goes into it than just putting up big stats. And, and Trey McBride is a great example of that, as is Dante Wright, who I think is going to have a great year. And I think is being underlooked, being underlooked pretty significantly by the fellow Mountain West media members. All right, that's that's all we have on the news side. So I'm going to get to that interview with Trey McBride. Before I do, though, got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. And, you know, like I've already said a couple times on this episode, football season, it's in the air. It's just around the corner. You know, if you're like me, you're starting to buy the preseason magazines you're watching old games, you're getting back in the vibe of things. And, you know, if you happen to be a sports better, and I know a lot of you are, you're starting to think about where do I want to place my preseason picks? You know, I've been scoping out the AFC NFC lines. And one of the ones that really intrigues me is the LA Rams to win the NFC at plus 650. They're the third favorite behind the Packers at plus 600 and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 250. I understand why you would take Tampa after last year. I don't know. I have a hard time seeing Tom continue this at his age. I'd understand why you'd bet on the Packers. You know, it's A-Rodge. He came back. But I just think the dysfunction is going to catch up to the Packers at some point. You know, it, it. I don't know. It's been a long time since they've advanced out of the NFC. I don't, you know, really see them doing it this year. The Rams, they went all in. They got Matthew Stafford. They're trying to you know, stretch the field a little bit more offensively. They got their guy. They obviously have a brilliant defense. I really like their odds, man. I really like their chances of coming out of the NFC. I think this was exactly what Stafford needed, just a new change of scene. And I think it's what the Rams needed in general. They're obviously stacked with talent. They've really gone in and acquiring, you know, guys like Jalen Ramsey and, and, you know, so many of these defensive linemen. I think this is the year that it finally pays off for them. So with my DraftKings pick of the week, I'm going with the LA Rams to win the NFC Conference at plus 650. Thank me later. 
All right, we'll get right back into that interview in just a second, but DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer for just my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. I mean, these odds are absurd. 100 to 1 on an offer like this does not come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now and get in on all of the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all of the action. My friends, my family, everyone has been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. Again, that code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out our friends over at Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's is back. We're so pumped to have them on board again. As you guys know, the pandemic shut down a lot of restaurants. Illegal Pete's was one of them. They've been back in action for a while now, and we could not be happier to promote them. There's a lot of great things happening at all of these six Illegal Pete's locations. They have a sound check promotion, which is an ongoing promotion at, offered at all locations. It's a free draft beer or house mark with the purchase of an adult entree when the guest shows a same day ticket to any event. They have a location in Lodo, so you can you know go down easily before a Rockies game. Obviously, they have one up in Fort Collins. You'll be able to take advantage of this come CSU football season. The Lodo location actually reopened in a new location with a bigger indoor and outdoor space. They're now in the corner of Wazi and 16th. That's super convenient because it's close to Ball Arena. It's close to Coors Field. All the locations serve breakfast until 1 p.m. Friday through Sunday. And their little location actually serves breakfast all day. If you're like me, a breakfast burrito hits the spot at around 8 p.m. Definitely going to have to hit up that Lodo spot next time I'm down there. Pete's has launched party margs during the pandemic. These are 32 ounces of their house margarita. It's approximately four times the size of a house marg. They have a happy hour at all locations from 3 to 6 p.m. every day, which is $1 off all drafts, $1 off house in coin style margs. You can get a $20 party marg, $1 off large chips and queso, $1 off chips and guac, free chips and salsa, all of that dope stuff offered at Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's cares about their employees starting salaries at $15 an hour plus tips. You get free food and drink on shift, discounted when you're off duty, 401k match, PTO to all employees, and an option for health insurance for all full-time employees. They're obviously a homegrown company. They now have 12 locations between uh, Colorado and, and Arizona. They're still independent. They have some of the best queso around. And obviously, we've got a ton of love for them over at DNVR. Shout out to Illegal Pete's. Hit them up the next time you're in Lodo, the next time you're in Fort Collins and Boulder, wherever you may be. Do you feel like you guys were more competitive last year than maybe the final scores 
would kind of indicate because like I've been going back and watching some of those games. I'm glad like, that years old. You see, like the D line, you know, they feasted against Boise State. Like, you know, you take away the special teams, right. it's like you guys were like, right, you were physical, right. you were competitive. Yeah, that's something that uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to. Um, is, you know, um, fixing our special teams, that was something that was obviously a problem last year. Um, lost us probably two, at least at least two, possibly three of our games. Uh, and that's something that I'm, you know, excited that we've really had an emphasis on fixing our special teams and, and making sure that's a, a, a strength, not a weakness. So um, I'm excited about that and, and just getting back to... Uh, but yeah, I definitely think our team is um, a lot more physical and, and better than what the scores might have shown. Um, so that's kind of you know something that I'm excited to you know prove people wrong this year. What do you think was the issue on special teams last year? Was it not enough guys, not enough reps? Like you know, um, it was, oh, it's something different every time. But ultimately, it was just um, guys, guys just not you know focused, not locked in at, at their job, not understanding their responsibility, and, and that's something that that won't happen this year. Um, you know, that's something that you know happened, and and, it, and I can assure you, it will not happen this year. Um, you know, Coach Boba, our Coach Dazio has done a great job of, of emphasizing the special teams and making sure that that's that's a strength, and not a weakness, and and uh, he's going to put it the the right guys in in the right spots to make plays and, and be successful, and, and special teams will be a strength for us this year. Now, we've heard a lot of positive things about Todd Santeo from you and from the coaches. What is it about him? It seems that he has some really strong leadership qualities that, you know, kind of just because the whole locker room, they seem to just gravitate towards the guy. Yeah, Todd's, Todd's a great player. He uh, he does everything, you know, the right way. He, uh, so that's something that I'm excited about, you know, playing for him again. Uh, he he's a, he's a leader. He, he works hard and ultimately he's a winner. He He's there for one reason and that's to win. He's not there, you know, to you know, do whatever else. He's there to win. And uh, I'm confident in Todd. I think he does a great job. Um, I believe in, in him, and, and I think I believe in the coaches. I, I know they're going to put whoever you know is the best in the in the quarterback position to, to make it. But you know what? I, I think I think Todd will do great for us, and, and I'm excited about him. I I think he's really improved, and I'm and I'm, and I'm just I'm confident in Todd. I know you haven't gotten into fall camp yet, so you haven't gotten to see some of this stuff. But David Bailey transferring in yeah. from Boston College. You know, what's your initial impression of him? And, you know, what does it do for your team to add, you know, a multi-thousand yard rusher in the ACC? Right. Yeah, ultimately, you know, I haven't seen him with his pads on, but um, from what I've seen on film and, and kind of what um, I've seen in person, he's a big, tough, physical guy. You know, he's a big dude, man. He's like 230, jacked up. So I'm excited to, you know, have, have, have him as an addition to our offense um i think that just he ultimately makes more threats um we're gonna have threats at the running back tight end receiver i think all the way around we're gonna be threats and ultimately that's gonna make us a better offense um so that's something that i'm excited about is to see uh, david run i think he's a tough physical guy so i'm excited to see what he can do how excited are you guys for, for cam butler to finally get back on the field i mean he's a guy who had a lot of great success early I mean, I've, I've literally only ever heard good things about him. Who, who's that? Sorry. That's Cam Butler. Oh, Cam. Yeah, Cam. Uh, he's a man. That guy. He's a he's a warrior. He really is. He's a guy that you know. I came in and I uh, and I uh, you know I looked up to him. I still do. He's he's a guy that kind of took me under his wing as soon as I got here. He was the guy when I came in and uh, someone that I strive to be like. And, 
You know, I think yeah, a lot of people don't understand how good he really is. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, he he is a great player, man. I, that dude, he is he's the real deal, and I and I mean that like. He, he's an NFL tight end. That that guy is he's good and he does everything right. He's smart. He loves football, and and that's something that I really I really love about him is, is he's, he's he does it by the he does it the right way. And, and you know he's a guy I really look up to. A guy that pushes me to be the best. He you know he he expects greatness out of me and I. And I truly do appreciate that about him. He's a he's a great person and someone I I you know I truly look up to and, and can call it good football. So. I know the, the offense is maybe not as flashy or uh, as sexy as like you know some of these air raid offenses. Oh, one thing. But do you feel like you guys are just like have like a tougher identity like as an offense? I mean, obviously the ground and pound set up the play action. Right. It seems like a, a, a way you can win. I mean, Wyoming's won that way. San Diego State consistently wins that way. It may not be flashy, but it feels like it works. Right. Yeah, I think that's what Coach Dazio brings to the table. Is, you know, he's that toughness, physical football coach, and, and that's what he brings to the table. And ultimately, I think we have the offensive line to be that now. Um, you know, he brought a lot of guys in. Coach Dazio is known for you know having a great offensive line. Uh, you know, he, he had one of the better offensive lines in the ACC, and uh, and he's going to have that here. And um, he's brought a lot of guys in that can play right away. So I'm excited to see, you know, these guys gel together. And and ultimately, um, you know, I think I think we'll be successful, you know, the way he the way he plays and, and coaches, I think, will be very successful. I mean, you're a guy, you've told me, you know, you love run blocking, you love, like, the physicality of the game. So it was probably a fairly easy transition for you. Yeah. Do you think it, it kind of took an adjustment period for some of these other guys to go from, you know, like a Mike Bobo-style offense to the Steve Adazio style? Yeah, I mean, with Coach Bobo, um, you know, he liked to throw the ball a little bit more, um, but I mean, he, he ran the ball a lot, too. There's no doubt about that. And he... Everything we do now is essentially the same stuff we did with Bobo. I mean, it's obviously a little bit different, but, um, you know, my blocks are very similar to what I did when I was with Coach Bobo. And there's a few things I do differently, but it was an easy adjustment for me. Um, you know, I love blocking. I love, you know, putting people in the dirt. And that's, you know, no matter what offense I'm in, that's, that's something that'll never change. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure for some guys it was a little different. He's a lot tougher, you know, harder on you when you're out there on the field. But outside of football, he's a great, great, you know, on the field, you know, he's a whole, he's like, he turns into a beast and then you know, wants to start yelling. And, but you know, he's, it's all good. You know, he loves coaching. He loves what he does. And outside of football, he's an unbelievable person. And, and I, you know, I love playing for him. It seems like the, the older guys, especially some of you guys that have been here and, you know, kind of experienced some of the frustrating losing seasons. You guys are really bought in. Like, yeah, he's tough, but like, this is what we need. Right. Do you see like some of the younger guys that they come in and like, oh god, this guy's like, he's a little scary. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, he he is scary at first, but at the same time, like, you get to know him. He's a great person inside and out. He he'll do anything for any one of his players. Um, you know, he goes above and beyond all the time, trying to, you know, make our experience as great as possible. He, he really, he does a great job at what he does and he, he truly cares about his guys. And I mean that, um, but I'm sure coming in out of high school when you're 17 years old, he's probably a little scary, but you know, um, I, I think that's what you want. You want to, you want a tough, you don't want, you know, you want a coach that's going to drive you and, and make you the best that you can possibly be. So that's something, uh. That's something I'm excited about.
Beaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want